Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children. I'm Melanie Cole, and if you're a parent like me and like my guest today, then you know that coming soon the kids are going back to school. And in many cases, they're going back to school in person, some for the first time in a very long time. Some are going to new schools and to even colleges. And while we're not focusing on COVID, we are starting to think about this new normal in the coming months. Joining me is Dr. Jamie Friedman. She's board-certified pediatrician in San Diego, California, and she is a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Friedman, I'm so glad to have you with us. And as we're thinking, like I said in my intro about this new normal. And families, parents, and kids are anxious about going back to school in person. What have you heard or seen that kids are experiencing right now and even parents about this upcoming couple of months? Well, thank you for having me. I definitely am seeing, I'm seeing less than I saw last summer, but I'm definitely seeing parents who are kind of once again being asked to decide how they're going to send their kids back to school and trying to figure, especially for the young ones who aren't vaccinated for COVID, but and trying to figure out, you know, what is going to be the best option for their family. Kids are generally mostly excited to be back in school and to see their friends and to to go to camps. Um, I think it's probably more the parents who might be a little worried about their exposures, but we have to look for the signs of uh, of a child for for a child who might be having some struggles or some worries about going back. Well, let's talk about those then. What are some of those triggers? What are some of the red flags if kids are anxious? And I know I've got an anxious daughter who's going to college for the first time, and she is nervous, but we're working it out. And so what do you want parents to recognize or caregivers or, you know, friends, anybody to recognize in these kids that would say, you know what, this might need a little bit more attention? Yeah, it's so important. Anytime there is a change where your child maybe has a change in sleep patterns or eating patterns or maybe loss of interest in things they enjoy, you know, maybe more irritable or more outbursts, uh, you, you want to consider like, hey, you know, what, what might be going on behind the scenes to cause some of this? Um, frequently in pediatrics for kids, we're going to see physical symptoms where Maybe they can't express how they're feeling, especially for younger kids, but they will complain of stomach ache or headache. And parents need to look at patterns. Well, is your child having a stomach ache every morning, Monday through Friday, and then they're fine on the weekend and on holidays? Well, that might be a sign of some school avoidance or school anxiety. So, you know, really think about what some of these changes might be, but even some physical complaints and start looking for patterns. The physical complaints, I'm really glad that you mentioned, because that's such a good point. While we tend to think, and parents tend to think those red flags are, you know, staying in their room, spending more time maybe on social media, which God only knows they do anyway, not involving themselves, maybe not, you know, just a change in general mood and attitude, but the physical complaints, the change in eating habits, the change in bathroom habits, the, you know, all of these kinds of things are so important to note, right? So when do we know that it's time to call in a professional? 
Well, I mean, don't ever be afraid to call your pediatrician if there's some changes in your child. I mean, certainly this past year, we've seen a huge increase in teens who really just don't feel motivated. They don't leave their rooms. You know, they log in for school from their room. They stay in their room. Maybe they're not eating all day. And I've seen, you know, while some pediatricians are seeing a lot of increase in obesity, I've also seen a lot of increase in kids who are losing a lot of weight. So anytime you have a concern about your child, don't be afraid to call in the pediatrician, but be prepared that if you're going in for something like constant complaints of headaches and stomach aches and physical complaints, that part of the conversation might be, well, how is our mood and how are we feeling? And maybe we need to consider this as an option. Yeah, my kids, I had to go in and stop them from doing bed school, right? I mean, they wake <laughs> up, open the laptop and do school from their beds. I'm like, no, no, right. no, you must get up right now. But that's, you know, an important point that you make because it was very isolating. And now they're about to go back to the situation where, where they have to get into a routine. They have to get up in the morning again. They have to take showers, you know, make lunches, eat breakfast, that kind of thing. So how do we go about starting the process to help them? Because I think one way we can think about this is to try and start getting them into some sort of routine sooner rather than later. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And and honestly, like I talk about this a lot in the summer, um, even pre-COVID, but but especially you know during you know most of last year before schools opened again, I try to encourage kids to have a, a routine and a day that really just looks like what they would typically do if everything was how it was pre-COVID. You know, wake up at the same time, get dressed, brush your teeth. You'd be surprised how many kids stopped brushing their teeth. I'm not um, surprised. <laughs> Probably not, but have breakfast. And even if you're doing school online, sit down and feel ready for the day, you know, and still try to get outside and get some sunlight and get some exercise. Do Move your body the way you would if school was, was opening normally so that because all of that is going to lead to better sleep. And better sleep is going to help them get up and be ready for the day. And so we want to have this good sleep hygiene where we're moving around during the day, um, getting out and off screens during the day, certainly limiting screens in the evening time as well. Um, and I think it's really important to keep sleep patterns over the summer relatively similar to the school year because, you know, a lot of schools are opening earlier this year. It's going to creep up on you and your kids are going to be overtired if you don't get them into some good habits starting now. Oh, 100%. And I mean, some kids are even doing summer school to kind of keep themselves in that, you know, kind of in that mix. Now, other things that kids are anxious about, as we've had this COVID, the isolation, the quarantining, all of these things, they're also anxious about being around people again. Sports, contact sports, you know, being in locker rooms again, whether a school has swimming. What about the aspects besides the school and going back, the aspects of the school itself? And kids are anxious. What can we do about any of that? I mean, it's almost like we can't really do much about that part. Well, I think parents really need to check in with their kids, see how they're feeling, um, be supportive, validate their emotions and their feelings, and talk about ways that they can maybe ease into it. For a sport, you, you can't just go from doing nothing to doing everything. You know, you, ha you have to gradually build up. You know, let's start taking walks and going for runs, or maybe meet up with a friend and kick a ball around at a park, um, and just kind of gradually get back into some activities. Plan some time when you're going to be around other people. 
or plan some time with friends, you know, the, the kids know which of their friends are vaccinated and which aren't. I mean, they will be very honest. They'll tell you all kinds of stories about their friends and their friends' families. So they know. And so if you have families that you feel comfortable with, that the kids are vaccinated, the parents are vaccinated, and you want to start getting together, I think that would be really helpful for kids as they get closer to school. Of course, that doesn't help the younger set who can't be vaccinated, but I think a lot of parents are still doing a pod-like system so that they can have some social socialization and some playtime. So this is all really great information and really important as so many of us are going through it. And before we wrap up, Dr. Friedman, speak to the parents a second. You know, I know you're a pediatrician and we always talk about the mental health of our children. And that is really important. And we can look to our internists and our own mental health professionals. But as our children's doctors, and it takes a village, our pediatricians are the gold standard. They are the ones helping us raise our kids. God knows I love mine. Speak to the parents a minute. What if we're the ones nervous? What can you tell us about, I mean, how can we help our kids put our mask on before we put the mask on of our loved ones, as it were, you know, and very timely. But really, how can we help our kids if we're nervous as well? That is a really, really important question because a lot of us, I mean, most adults have gone through some just crazy stuff the past year. And people have lost loved ones and have had anxiety about their jobs and just the, the virus itself. And so parents need to find ways to take care of themselves and check in with themselves and recognize, okay, I think what I'm feeling in my body is a little bit of anxiety. I need to address that or at least accept it and kind of put it to the side and say, okay, I'm going to address my anxiety. And I've accepted that I have anxiety, but at this moment, I'm going to be present for my child and just sort of take in what they're saying and see how I can support them. But parents cannot ignore their own self-care and their own um, support systems. And so relying on friends or even talking to a professional if they think that they need to. And it's okay if you're seeing the pediatrician to pull them aside and say, you know, what are some suggestions you might have for me? But I think what we don't want to do is be very limiting for our children um, because of our own anxiety. You know, I think we need to find ways to balance what we feel is, is safe, you know, with what our children feel is safe to do. It's great information. And you're so right. And we have to practice self-care. Parents, we, we all have to do what we need to do so that we can take care. We're the caregivers of the world, right? And we have to do what we need to do to take care of ourselves, or we are not going to be able to take care of these unusual times we find ourselves in and the people that we love. So such important information. And Dr. Friedman, thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, listeners, you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, anywhere podcasts are played but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole for the American Academy of Pediatrics and Radio MD. Stay well.